0: Hey everybody, on this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to discuss the opening night of March Madness, NFL free agency, and all of his madness there. And we're going to talk about Tiger Woods and his continued comeback and how he's doing thus far. This week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey, everybody welcome to another edition of guys talking sports where it's just us three guys talking shit and talking about sports and uh with me i have always the two uh the, the two bros Alan ace guys how you feeling out there tonight
1: wait, wait 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 wait. first of all you just told us that we have to be pg about everything and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is what you just said i mean that's kind of like i mean what well, all right, let's just do this.
0: There's 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 no grimy talk.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, now you wanna put restrictions on it. Okay, fine. Fine. Mm-hmm. How you guys doing out there? <laughs> Good. <laughs> doing well, doing well. It's Thursday, not a
0: typical day. But uh hanging in there. Excellent. So we're going to hop right into it. Of course, um, you know, March Madness has started. Game started early this afternoon. Um, right now things have been pretty much going as so I think most of the top people picked, except one buzzer beater with, um, with Miami, I believe it was, taking, taking L with a last second three pointer for the loss. So, um, I know we all picked out some brackets. We got our brackets in by 12. Um, uh, right now I think Al is, um, leading ninety points on top of me and ace with seventy, which he picked Gonzaga to go all the way, but I don't think that's gonna last. But um <laughs> and Gonzaga did have a scare. He almost took an L. So uh so far guys, how do you think the um the opening first round of um the Tourney has um started and um what kind of what kind of teams do you think are dark horses that could probably make a good run to the final four?
2: You wanna kick it off out or should I
1: it's, yeah, it's all good. It's, it's, you go ahead. You go
2: ahead. Um, all right. Well, I think my dark horses could probably be Houston. Uh, Houston, possibly. Uh, Houston, West Virginia. Possibly Virginia Tech. Uh, that's probably, that's probably where I'll go. Cincinnati, is a possibility, Um, but I don't anticipate, I don't have, I'm looking at my brackets now, I don't have, I only have, what do I have? (laughs) I think I only have one final four, uh, one number one seed going to the final four. So I don't anticipate it being a, a dominant top tier type of thing like in years past where you saw the the top the top three seeds, and not the top three seeds, but the, all the ones, all the twos, all the threes, that sort of thing. Like the top, top 12, top 15 uh, squads in the country kind of wrecked shop this year. I, I truly believe that um, there's going to be a lot of teams that go in and crash the party. And uh, just going off the top, you know, just uh, like uh, Rhode Island. I didn't think Rhode Island beating Oklahoma was an upset. Oklahoma, in my opinion, didn't deserve to be in the tournament, especially the way they played down the stretch, losing, I think, six out of their last eight games, getting bounced in the first round of the uh, Big 12 tournament. Um, you know, ESPN and all the media was this on Trey. Trey Young's jock pretty much. From the towards the the beginning of the season, when he had that Steph Curry esque type of play style, and they just rode that wave all all season, and just gave them way too much props. So, um, I think it's going to be a
1: very un- unpredictable type of uh, tournament. So, I I expect a lot of top teams to fall between now and the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, to be honest, I. I can't even remember how I picked my teams because um, I don't remember actually which teams I picked. I knew there was going to be a couple of upsets in the first round. Uh, somewhere in the mid, I didn't think it was going to be like a 1 or 16 upset or 2, 3 or 4 seed teams being an upset. But I did pick some upsets um, going beyond maybe 6, uh, maybe like 7, 8, 9. I think it was going to be some, a couple of upsets in the first round. Um I really believe that I said it before on previous um, podcasts, I mean previous shows that um, I believe a mid-major team can come out of being in a championship. Um, I would love to see it. Um, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, I believe some mid-major teams is going to make a lot of noise um, because it's too balanced. So it I think that it could go either way with a couple of teams, especially going into the second round and, um, with the Sweet 16, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of top teams get knocked off. So, um, all in all, I just thought that this is going to be a little bit different year than a lot of the Powerhouse teams dominating. It um, may be a couple, like you said, one or two teams here and there that will probably make it to the Final Four. But I believe that all the top teams is going to be in danger, some type of danger in the second round or Sweet 16 um, to eventually lose. So, um oh, we'll see how this plays out.
0: Well, I ain't gonna front. I mean I wasn't following college basketball too heavy this year, so I actually picked uh as probably you want to say uh a person that's almost who didn't really care about the NCAA. So I uh <laughs> I actually have some of the top teams going actually making it. Um Virginia and um Villanova, I have as my picks to get into the um to the um to the big game, I think Arizona is um I think Arizona is going to, definitely going to make some noise. That freshman that they have out there um is uh, definitely big time uh definitely is probably going to go out via a high draft pick if not the first draft pick. I think Trey Young is undersized and probably could um benefit from another year uh, within college because his um his turnover ratio is just extremely high. I mean, yeah, he's Steph Curry, but he has Steph Curry turnover bug without the kind of same drop shop in his, um, you know, skill scoring as Steph Curry did. But, um no, I actually do agree with you, Al. I think that, you know, the way that the um college basketball has been so far, I do think a mid-major is definitely going to make a push. I think it's um with all the one and dones right now, there's no strong teams or a core strong teams out there right now that you can say, like, you know, you you don't feel confident really about – you know, UNC or Kansas. I mean, you don't really feel confident about, you know, heck, Villanova, but, um, um, per se, I mean, the only team that I've kind of watched a lot this season when I did watch the games was Virginia. And they definitely look like they have a very balanced team. So That's why I think they'll, they'll do a push, but you know, I kind of look respectable. I do have three out of the top, you know, one seats making it there, but, um, I really don't feel confident about all of that <laughs> per se, but, um, I agree. I mean, if it's not going to happen this year, it could happen next year. I think everything is so watered down as far as talent-wise in the NCAA. With all the one and done, you don't really have a team. I was trying to look for a team that had a group of juniors or seniors because those are the teams, the major teams always seem to make that, you know, the long deep one. But I couldn't find any team that I, that, I, that I noticed that had, like, a strong freshman or senior class that played three or four years together.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, like you said, it, it's it's probably the fault of the NCAA. But again, we we had these conversations before about the NCAA, and it's doing. You know, it's it's going to be there regardless. Even though the one and done just doesn't make it as competitive as it used to be, or make it more of the esteemed powerhouses that it used to be. Um, I I kind of think that this is you know. It's still around Robin to me. And I think, like you said, with the NCAA tournament, you never know. So, you know, any given night, some team can just fall and there you have it. You know, so that's what's the, I guess that's what's the, 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 that's what's fun about the NCAA. Um, as far as the brackets is concerned, because you never know.
2: Yeah. Um, the reason why I didn't get uh, Virginia, I actually got Virginia losing to Kansas State in the second round, only because they lost their sixth man with a broken wrist, and he's very, uh, he plays a vital role in uh, how UVA plays, and it seems like the past couple years, UVA always has some sort of issue going into the tournament that kind of holds them back, in, in They kind of underperform and don't play too well moving forward. So I got them actually
0: as the first one to kind of buy out of the tournament. Um, That's the one.
2: (laughs) Right, right, exactly. You know, and um, I pick back off of both of you. I mean, this is, it's such a, it's such a uh, balanced tournament that, you know, it's, of course, of course, there's going to be one team that wins six games in a row. Possibly seven if, 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 if a 11 or a 16 seed that had to play a game manages to, uh, <laughs> to make a run, which I doubt. But, um, it's so balanced there's, there's so much parity in college basketball as it has, as it stands right now. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's going to be any cl- true clear cut Dominant team, even though uh, Virginia was the clear number one this year. And uh, this was a shameless plug, but West Virginia early this year, so they gave them one of the hell. So I just thought I throw that out there. You know what I'm saying? Because we are the best, Virginia.
1: Are we going to start this again?
2: I'm just saying. I'm just, that's facts. We can pull the record. We can pull the record.
1: I mean, but 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 are we, we going to start <laughs> this again with the, the mentioning though?
2: <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just pulling facts. They're beatable. We beat them when they were full, but I'm just saying. I just thought I just thought just throw you know just throw a, a nugget of information,
1: and uh, just
2: just put it out there. So we'll anyway. see how
1: we'll see how your team fares in, a, in 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 going forward.
2: I I got them beating Murray State, and then I got them actually beating Marshall in the second round, the battle of West Virginia State, and got them beating Marshall, but then I had them losing to Villanova. So. Uh, you know, as much as I would love to say
0: they're going to make a Final Four run, I don't believe in my own self. So. <laughs> That's what I picked. I, 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 I felt they could at least get to Villanova. Right. And then and then I don't think they're going to beat Villanova. But I,
1: I, 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 I'm
0: not going to say anything in regards to where
1: I had them. Um, hey, you could have had
2: them lose. It. It's a twelve-five. You probably got them losing to Murray State. It wouldn't shock me if they lost.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but yeah, I will say, please, uh, I, I would, I would love to be there for the Marshall, West Virginia game. That I would love to see. Oh, that's same here. A rival. That would be a, a, a good rival.
2: Oh, definitely, definitely. That's, that's state bragging rights right there. Yeah. And I think that's why they set it up that way in the event. If Marshall could upstate Wichita State, and I have a strong feeling that Marshall can because they've been playing really well down uh, the stretch of the season. So anything is possible. You know yeah, I mean? uh, I'm looking at this Texas Tech Steven Up Austin game. Texas Tech is kind of scared me. Four minutes left of the tie score. You know, y'all was playing
0: well this whole season and then kind of fall apart at the end of the season. So. Well, actually, um, that was the, the, the place where I picked a, an upset. I did pick, um, you know, SF Austin to beat uh, Texas Tech. And I actually have, I don't know why I did this. I think I meant to change it, but I had St. Bonnie's beating Florida.
2: I was on the fence with that. I I chose Florida, but it would not shock me that Bonaventure uh, upsets them. It would not shock me the
1: least. I'm going to be honest. I don't even remember. I think I did pick St. Bonaventure. So I, I, I'm i not 100% sure if I did, but I'm pretty sure I did. An <laughs> too, so. I,
2: and I struggled with the Loyola-Chicago-Miami game. Like <laughs> Something told me to pick Loyola-Chicago. But I worked with Miami, and I wish I would I would have followed my gut and took all to Chicago because yeah. I didn't think Miami was that good.
1: No, no, loyal. loyal I, yeah, I didn't. I could I'm glad I got that one because I, I definitely was on the fence of that one too. But I just didn't think Miami. I wasn't selling Miami with that with what they had. So mm-hmm.
0: well, they would have won if it wasn't for the the, the heck of a, a last minute three at the buzzer to kill it at that particular point. Miami had. Was, uh, was rolling strong. I mean, it was a tight game, and both of them had, like, you know, the stretch runs with, you know, the win loss breakers down like the last 10 games. So, I mean, that was a kind of a, a coin flip, in my opinion. Yeah. Look, yeah but you, they
2: shouldn't have been in that position anyway to, to, to have them had that opportunity to make that three.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I don't think that the people don't, the, I don't think enough teams play with a sense of urgency to get out get out the gates running as quickly as possible because the last thing you want to do, I mean, if anything, coaches should know by now that when it comes to the tournament, you know, anybody, any given Sunday, somebody can come and outplay you. And if you don't get out the gates quick enough to establish that you are the best in the – are you the best team, then it's going to be a problem going forward because you never don't want to be in a close game, never.
2: Especially in the tournament. (laughs) <laughs> to, me
0: that's the, to me that's always the beauty of like at least the first weekend because you know if anyone's going to take an L you know those top teams usually you are more susceptible in that first or second game where that's the first time I'd be playing a team where you really been playing in, outside of a week or so I mean if they Ten to them racked up a week and a half ago and they're um and they're balling out right now so I mean that's to me the most exciting part of March Madness. Usually this weekend, you know, Thursday up until Sunday. But then I think after that, once you hit like next weekend, usually the teams that are that should win, usually everything starts shaking out, and people that should win normally do win. But to me, the best part of the March Madness is this is this first weekend because, you know, it's anything goes. Right, 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 right. So
2: let me ask. I'll be the first to come out and say who who I predicted to be in my final four um, and my prediction. Uh, My final four is uh, Arizona, Xavier, Villanova, Michigan State. And I got Arizona
0: beating Michigan State with a 72-67 score. Hmm. For me, in my final four and, you know, I don't know how this is going to really cut out. I have uh, UVA playing UNC, which I probably should have changed that. And I have uh, Villanova playing Kansas with UVA beating UNC and Villanova beating Kansas and uh, UVA knocking all Villanova so they don't get the um, a- another another chip,
2: 87
0: to 86. <laughs> In a tight game. <laughs> I guess it's my turn.
1: I'm just looking at what I had picked. I ain't even realize what I picked. Um I had uh UVA. Um I had UVA, I had Tennessee, I had Purdue, and I had Wichita State. Um that was my Yeah. No, no, we we we
0: Am I right? I'm looking at your bracket right now.
1: No, nah, that's not what you got. <laughs> no, that's not what I got. Uh, I'm sorry. I, that's not what I got. I got UVA, Gonzaga, Wichita State, and Michigan State. I'm so sorry. I'm looking you at got, it. You got,
0: you got the zag making for the final four?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, I, yeah, that was based off of the experience. Don't know how I got that, but that was based off of their experience last time. I thought that the coach would help them. So, hey, they still in it, so I'm not, I'm not out of the woods yet, but I got Gonzaga and, uh, um, Michigan State in the, um national championship with, um is it, I got Michigan State winning? I thought you no, got Gonzaga. I got Gonzaga winning. 84-82. That's a
2: bold prediction, because you know, they were there last year. <laughs> they were there last year and lost. Huh? The, Gonzaga was there last year and lost.
1: I know. I know.
2: Mm, I was going nice. based
1: off experience, mm.
2: but then they lose. They lost one of their top centers last year, right? The, the freshman. Hmm. Interesting. It's bold. Yeah, very.
0: <laughs> and the reason why I picked Arizona because of the one kid that played for
2: Arizona, but then oh, the coach
1: John, beyond um, not Aiden.
2: Whoever that, the kid that supposedly got paid to go to school there, I don't know, whatever ESPN is claiming and the feds are saying, whatever, the $100,000 of Sean Miller, whoever that kid. But I, I pick Arizona for a little bit of, you know, that's just like in your face. Yeah, we I, Sean Miller didn't do this, and by the way, yeah, I just won the national championship. He going to drop the mic and walk off, you know, that sort of thing. But it's interesting that we have such vast Final Fours, <laughs> a broad spectrum of. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't think, but I, I honestly believe that we may not even have one of the same teams making it. I don't know.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> both, me, me and um, Al, both have UVA getting in there, but he's the only person that has Gonzaga winning the whole the whole thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have I UVA nowhere near this. Uh, well,
0: <laughs> well I, I think after this weekend, I think uh, uh, it's probably going to be a clear cut who. <laughs> right now, um, if if, uh, if Austin and St. Bonnie don't win, I'm I'm, I'm really tapped out. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, because was like one, one,
2: one shot away from blowing up my whole roster, my whole yeah. tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually picked South Dakota State to beat Ohio State, oh. and they were hanging. They were hanging
0: with them. Well, I actually had a strong run in the um in the Big Ten, and they had a, a kind of a decent run down down the stretch. So I didn't think they were going to make it deep, but. I looked at it from a standpoint
2: that uh, the Big 10 had their tournament a week earlier than everybody else so they've been off for, for about a good 10 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not one of the, they're not the strongest team in the Big 10 so I thought if there was any of a 12-5 type of upset it could have been them just because of just a, the long layoff and a scrappy know nothing about South Dakota State but it just seemed like a good 12 uh, 12-5 upset. Mm-hmm. You know, so I will be curious. It will be uh, interesting when we talk
0: again on Tuesday how our brackets are shaping up and uh, who's uh, actually leading. <laughs> <As> <laughs> points-wise. Oh, yeah, it is. All right, so we're going to switch gears here for a second, fellas. And, of course, you know, NFL Free Agency kicked off officially on Wednesday, and there was a lot of activity I'm going try that best to see if I can remember off, off the top of my head, but some QBs got paid, namely Kirk Cousins.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we had some people that got released. Jordy Nelson from the Packers released, and Aaron Rodgers is not happy about that. yet um, had uh, – who else got released? Oh, Adonai Sue got released. Uh, Michael Crabtree, your old boy from San Fran, got released. <laughs>
2: folks down here in Baltimore are, are really giddy right now. Really? Because um, when free agency started, they, they signed Ryan Grant from the Washington Redskins to a four-year, $29 million contract. Well, come to find out, Ryan Grant failed this physical. Hmm. Um, so Michael Crabtree now being available, he's supposed to be going to be in town tomorrow, and they're hoping to hold him hostage so they go ahead and uh, sign him to a deal. So that's a definite step up for the Ravens, considering Crabtree is an established receiver. And he's a good possession receiver, I should say. I don't think he's anything more than that. But
0: it'll be a good look for the Ravens if he can sign there. Yeah. But I think the most interesting I saw was really New England Patriots. I mean, you know, um, Danny Amendola, you know, leaves and goes to the Dolphins. The Giants snatched up their offensive linemen and um and um Malcolm Butler got paid. Sure not did. Yeah, sure did. So out of all these moves, and there's been a lot, and I didn't even get to all I didn't even get to the Jets and scratcher with Josh McCowan and Teddy Bridgewater, even though Teddy Bridgewater is a low risk high reward, which I can understand, but Josh McGowan it's the Jets. I don't know what they what they do half the time, but what has been the most surprising move thus far <laughs> from y'all guys' perspective with the um, with free agency?
2: Uh, well, for me, um, the McCordy twins are back together in New England. Um, he got traded from the Browns to New England today. Uh, I like what my what my Niners uh, did so far. Um inking uh Richard Sherman and nabbing uh getting near the Giants Center uh Richburg. Um
0: so you know the Niners stay from the Giants, the Giants stay from the Patriots. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um Richburg was a hit anyway, so he was <laughs>
2: I mean it happens. It happens. <laughs> um I'm interested in Seattle. It seems like Seattle is doing a fire sale. Um, like, they had a good run. They recognized that they signed Russell Westbrook – I'm sorry, Russell Wilson <laughs> to his to his contract. And then, of course, they couldn't sign all the rest of the other guys when their contracts were up. So they're, they're like, starting over from scratch. But um, they – they typically have a good eye for talent and know how to to get the type of players that they want in their system. So, uh, Interesting to see see, how Seattle's going to look next year. Um, Touching on the Jets rather quickly. I said this early in the week, and I I almost want to bookmark this. I want to say the Jets do not draft a quarterback in this draft. I say this because they already have four QBs on their roster. And they were looking at Trevor Simeon before he got traded to uh, he got traded to I forget where he got traded to Oh, uh, Minnesota. Uh, To be Cousins' backup. (laughs) But I I truly don't think they're going to go for a a QB just because I think Bridgewater is an above-average QB. And I think he can – I think he, in my opinion, is a step up from McCown. It's just that, you know, with that gruesome injury that he had, he just needs an opportunity to prove it. But he was doing – he was putting in work in Minnesota before he got hurt. So I think you got a young QB at a great price. And if he plays well, you might give him twenty million dollars a year next year, and he won't break y'all back. But that's just my opinion. Um, the rich just keep getting richer in Philly, uh, and I love what Cleveland is doing, and I'm loving what Oakland is doing. Cleveland, by far, has been the star of the free agency, in my opinion. Oakland is doing everything in their possible, you know, in their in their realm to make sure that they mend the, mend the wrong from last year and get back to the playoffs where they rightly should have been last year, this year. So that's my take.
1: Yeah, I agree with you um, in regards to the Browns. Yeah, they definitely doing doing some work this offseason, which is kind of weird being the fact that you never really hear Cleveland doing something positive when it comes to free agency. So, I mean, the signing Carlos Hyde is a great start for them. Um, and then bolstering up their lines with Chris Hubbard and Chris Smith. You know, it seems like they're moving in the right direction after all this time. Um, I really believe that Cleveland is doing good for the most part. Um, there's others. I wouldn't, I don't really want to get in towards about the, the Jets. Uh, it's just interesting what they're doing, um, but I agree with you, Ace, in regards to I don't think that now with all the QBs that they have, I don't think they're looking to sign a QB um, in the draft. I don't think that's what they're doing right now. I think they're doing something completely different. So um, I do love what Oakland is doing as well. Um, I, I Between that, um, Seattle having their fire sale, of course, I'm interested to see what goes on because I believe that they're not done. And I'm really also intrigued as far as the teams that haven't gotten into the free agency yet, like Dallas and all the other teams that haven't done anything as far as signings is concerned to see what they're going to do as well. What teams is going to stay pat? What teams is going to stay idle or what teams are going to actually make moves after all the other quote-unquote, available free agents is out there, that meaning somebody's going to have to move or somebody's going to have to be let go. Maybe a couple of other teams step into the place to start looking at free agents as well. Um, but I really think that Cleveland right now is, is to be honest, I give, I, I give credit where credit is due. Um, they really started doing things to make right moves for that team, which should have been done a long time ago, in my opinion.
2: That's what happens when you have $100 million in cap space. They finally decided to spend some money. But I'm, I'm here looking at free agent signings. Uh, Jacksonville Bill, Bill made some noise, too, with some uh, picking up Dante Moncrief from Indianapolis and uh, signing D.J. Hayden. They got Austin Sipari and Jenkins from the Jets for tight, the tight end. Kansas City made some moves, picking up Sammy Watkins and getting Kendall Fuller from the Redskins. Uh, it's, in my opinion, this is almost as exciting as the actual NFL season, just because you just see all, all the players moving and going to these new teams, and just gets your blood racing for the for the new NFL season. Though, honestly, once the new NFL season comes, I'm more focused on college football, but. <laughs> I guess I appreciate the NFL during this time more so than the regular season.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you, Al. I mean, I'm definitely the Browns definitely are making some serious moves even before free agency started. I mean, officially started. So I mean, I mean, you know, you get Tyron Taylor Taylor in there as the QB, so they're not pressed to have to pick the QB with their first pick. Um, actually, a lot of these teams, you know, with the you know the Broncos and everybody else like picking QBs. That are half high picks in the draft means to me that no one is technically sold on any of these, um, QBs coming out right now. So, I mean, I'm sure they're all going to eventually go, but the Browns can sit there and not pick a QB with the first round pick. I think they're going to go for Sa- Saquon Barkley and then pick a QB with the fourth round, the fourth pick. I mean, they, they don't have to pick one. And I think they want Barkley. Um, I think the Giants do too. I mean, they've been bolstering up their offensive linemen with two freedom. With, with two for agent signing. so I mean, um, if Cleveland takes Barkley, I'm not even confident that the Giants even want to take a QB. I mean, um, they haven't given they haven't given any indication that they are, but they haven't given any indication that they're not. I mean, they've been playing this pretty close to the vest. But, um, but my biggest takeaway from this whole thing was Kirk Cousins. I mean, getting that guaranteed you know money from Vikings, all of it guaranteed. Um, so I think that's just important now moving forward because I think that's going to probably set a precedent for other QB signings coming up that are, you know, have their, you know, that are worth their weight in gold. So, I mean, you think Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be looking for another contract extension, I think, next year. So if you see Kirk Cousins with the Vikings getting a three-year, you know, was a three-year, 85 mil fully guaranteed, you best be sure <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to probably want something if not the same exact thing, pretty darn close. So to me, I think even though the moves with, you know, the Patriots letting some people go and, you know, the Cleveland Browns and everybody else, you know, making moves right now, um, I definitely think that, I think, long-term, I think that Kirk Cousins' guaranteed contract, at least for QBs moving forward, I think it's going to set the precedence. And I think that might trickle down eventually to a lot more QBs getting guaranteed monies. 'Cause all it just takes is one.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, cousins better on himself, and he bet big, and he won big. Um, but I see what's crazy is cousins ain't really won nothing, and he pulled this off. He pulled this off being a an above average QB. He's a good QB. I'm gonna say better than above average. He's a good QB. But he hasn't shown that he could lead the team to the playoffs. Um, so I guess he's in the perfect storm right now as far as being in Minnesota. He got the run game, he got the he got the receivers, he got the offense, he got the defense. All he has to do is just uh be a really good game manager, I guess. <laughs> be a step better than Case Keenum. <laughs> I think
0: he is a step better than Case Keenum at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean agreed, agreed. But, I mean, I guess – I'm guessing coaches would feel more comfortable uh, if they have to kind of throw the ball at the end of the game with Kirk Cousins versus uh, Case Keenum. So uh, I guess that's why they, got, they paid him that type of handsome sum for that ability in fourth quarters. But uh, you're right. Uh he set the president for uh, the precedence for all QBs moving forward. As a matter of fact, he probably did that for all players moving forward. If they feel as though they bring that much value to the team. I think if Aaron Rodgers is gonna look that way, I think uh what's my boy running back from uh the Steelers? Um
0: Oh I can't think of his name right now. It's a killer. Uh Bell, Le'Veon Bell. Yes. He might command some crap like that because this is, look, just look how valuable he is.
1: Look how many times he touches the ball, you know, <laughs> and what he brings to the table. I'll give you a better example as a QB. How about Sam Bradford getting that one <laughs> well, there at Arizona for 20 mil?
2: He's been robbing the bank of NFL, uh, NFL franchises for years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, he's the Chandler Parsons of the NFL at this point. <laughs> you get one year twenty mil thirteen million gu- guarantee like i am I'm, I'm 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 sometimes impressed that what agents can do with the teams with the players that they have under them sometimes like half of that money should go to his agent or whoever represented him i'm <laughs> 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 hey, not knocking that he's a good quarterback. But the fact that he's the injury prone is just mm-hmm. is 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 unreal. But I
2: think that just goes to show how much how overvalued the quarterback position is. I guess that if you're a halfway decent quarterback and you start, you command anywhere between fifteen and twenty. Look at look at Chase Daniels. They said he's been fleecing the NFL for years. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he's. Chase Daniels, since he's he been in the league, undrafted, he's been in the league for seven years, eight years, and I think he massed over $25, $30 million. He's only, he's only he's only started two games in his entire career. I mean, like, dude, I mean, you're a multimillionaire. You ain't even squat, but just sit there and throw the ball around in practice and hold a clipboard. I mean, you don't, and, and, and that's your future coach. That's your future NFL head coach because, you know, he knows the X's and O's.
0: It seems like all the backup QBs tend to be some pretty decent head, head coaches in the NFL. Without question. He's set up for the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if you look at the NFL, man, you know, I mean, I mean, you can be honest. There's probably, like, there's a top tier of, 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 of good and great, you know, QBs out there. And then there's the rest of the league, so everyone's fighting for a good QB. So, I mean, that's why these guys like the Sam Bradford's and you know, you know, other people can like can rack up. I mean, eventually, I think Philly, depending on how they play it, Nick Foles is probably going to hit that open market eventually. Um, but, but
1: before, you what know. the thing about it is, is that and here's the here's the because I somebody tweeted this and I thought this was very interesting, like. The combined quarterback salary for both um, Nick Foles and um, Carson Wentz is still lower than these 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 quarterbacks that's getting paid. Like I think the combined was like fourteen million.
0: Well, that's yeah. why that's why the Eagles can still you know pay players right you know, to come over there because you got Carson Wentz on his rookie contract, so he's yeah. not getting paid that much. Yeah. I mean, Nick Foles is getting paid. I mean, high for a backup, but not that high for a backup.
2: Right, I think it's getting like nine mil. Yeah, and yeah, like eight, nine million dollars basic backup money.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what <laughs> um, when somebody tweeted, I was like, man, that's just crazy. Like those two quarterbacks combined, and they're mind you now they're NFL champions, and yet you you got like Sam Bradford making twenty mil just to, alone, and you got what Kirk Cousins is making. Like it's. Like you said, Earl, it's like the is the high price for a quarterback is is just it's crazy.
0: You need you need good QBs, and I mean you can look at the um, NFL playoffs. I mean you can tell where QB play could have probably pushing teams over the top. I mean you look at Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean Blake Bortles. I mean you know the first half, you know they were killing the Patriots. The second half, they just ran the ball and ran down Leonard Fournette where you could easily play action pass. I mean a couple of good pass plays. Would have definitely put the put the Patriots away.
1: But here's the question: Do you blame that on the inability of the quarterback, or do you blame that on the coach for the lack of not putting in the correct plays and going being aggressive to go like what Philly did? I,
0: I put blame on both, in my opinion. I mean, you got to look at the coaches probably don't have the confidence that they felt like Blake Bortles could, you know. Carry the team. I mean, the way the Patriots had the, you know, the box factor with eight, nine men just, I mean, daring them to run and they kept running the ball. I mean, they were just, it was begging for a play action pass over the top. They could have just easily opened that game wide open and Jacksonville would have been in the um, Super Bowl, but I think it was a little bit of both.
2: Yeah. Well, there's still some more dominoes to fall. So, you know, you still got some of these second tier Free agents out there, um, so I'm thinking by the end of next week we should, uh, or at least by uh, next our next episode, we should have some more some more talking points about who signed where. So again, it's a, it's like a it's like the
0: the hors d'oeuvres before the buffet. <laughs> the buffet being the NFL draft, you know. So. Well, I, I think with all the well, I think with all of the the, Q, the QB moves, especially, you know, with Cleveland and Denver Broncos and, and the Jets, I think it, it kind of starts to kind of shape how the QBs are going to be picked in that, in that first round. And there may not be as many QBs going as high as some people expect.
2: Um, no, actually, cause you know, it's funny. I was, I saw a mock draft somewhere where the first quarterback wasn't even taken to like the 7th or 8th pick. No, that's a lie. I forgot where I saw it. Uh, But, um, it was a CBS mock draft, but uh, no, you know what it was? Barkley fell to like the 7th or 8th pick. Just based on all the moves, like based on what Cleveland did, because they got Duke, uh, they got uh, Duke, Junior Duke Johnson Jr. and now they got Carlos Hyde. It's like, do you really wanna pick up Saquon Barkley? You know, and um, I think they they picked one of the quarterbacks uh, with the first pick, and then they picked up Chubb with the fourth pick. And I think Saquon fell all the way to like Indianapolis, or I forget, or to somebody.
0: You don't know? I think that I think the draft this year is going to be a little bit more interesting. I think in the past, I think has been. Kind of, kind of knew who was going to go where, but in this draft, the way free agency had shaped out, especially with Cleveland kind of muddying the waters, I don't as think what's what's going to happen.
2: As a matter of fact, I just found an article. Hey, you want to know what's funny? The Browns, this based off of this, uh, my draft, the Browns picked Josh Allen, the QB from Wyoming, one. They had the Giants picking Quentin Nelson. Offensive lineman for Notre Dame, too. Buffalo picking up San Darnold. Uh, Bradley Chubb going to Cleveland. Mayfield being the first, uh, not the first quarterback, but uh, Mayfield going to Denver. But Saquon Barkley ended up going seven to Tampa Bay, which is interesting because they got rid of, uh, they let go of, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't think of his name because he just actually inked with the with the Raiders. Uh, hold up, I'll tell you in a second. Um, Doug Martin. Doug Martin is no longer with Tampa Bay, so I mean, but who knows? You know, that's why it's it's, it's all a crapshoot. Everybody has their own opinion. You don't know what's going on in these war So,
0: hey, the Giants could pick offensive linemen. I mean, the GM definitely said that that whole offensive line for the Giants, which was horrendously bad. It was, it was getting a complete overhaul. So, I mean, either everybody's going to go or they're going to bring in a whole offensive line. Who are they going to keep? He's going to be on the bench for rotation. But I could definitely see the Giants going for an offensive lineman because if you're going to stick with Eli, you've got to keep him protected and upright. So, right. I mean, you can, get a, you can get Saquon Barkley, you can get Josh Allen, Sam Donaldson, whoever, but the offensive line is terrible. They're all going to get killed. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. They do need an
1: overhaul in the offensive line. Um, I agree. That, that, I would, to be honest, I would agree with that, more, that mock draft more than anything because that seems like the right thing to do. But we never know until it actually happens. Yeah, Of course.
2: You know, people get greedy. They feel as though just because Barkley is the best player in the draft that they got to have him ignoring actual needs. You know what? Uh <laughs> It, it, you gotta you gotta follow the, the Niners model back in like two thousand twelve when they drafted two offensive linemen in the first line, first round, and the Cowboys how they drafted that offensive line, and that's what made Elliott look so good. I mean hell,
0: it starts in the trenches. Ah, yeah, so. yes.
2: Darn it beach. <laughs>
0: So we're gonna switch gears here as we're coming out to the uh, the end of the end of our show, but um, a little talk with golf since we don't really get to golf as much. Uh, we all saw that um, Tiger Woods is still marching with his comeback. He um, played second in the um, Bows Pearl Open last week, and he's um tied in fourth place, shooting a six uh, a under for his first round. He's at negative four. And I think he's like in um maybe like fifth or sixth place after the first day. So there's been a lot of talk, you know, will Tiger Woods even come back? And, you know, how is he going to be? Is he going to ever win another, you know, um, championship? I mean, he's going to win another tournament, let alone a major. So, I mean, obviously the draw last week, and I watched, you know, the Vowsboro Open um, at least over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And it was like the same old electric, you know, energy that was there with Tiger with the, big thralling crowds and the people screaming at him making all the shots. But um I know we don't really talk about golfing too much, but I want to talk about from a impact perspective with Tiger. I mean, what do you guys think? Can he – I don't say can he, but if he does win another tournament in a major, how do you think, you know, PGA or golf is going to um, rebound from that? If he does win the um, major – uh, yeah, well, I guess, a, champ- a championship, not even a major, just per se.
1: I don't, hmm, I don't think that golf is going to really bounce back until he maybe wins more than one. Um, I would say if he wins like two, then I could see that happening. But then again, with I think majority of the people has moved on from that Tiger Woods era of you know that whole thing with the commercials and everything. I think um as a the fans perspective they i think they moved on from tiger um whether golf as a whole like the actual golf fans moved away i know they would love to see tiger win another one um, cuz then the, all that talk would be about him chasing getting him being back to where he was previously um it's needed for the golf because let's be honest no one is really talking about golf or who won um the last master or major um, tournament at this point except for like the like golf fans um, but I think that that would be much more of a boost for golf as a whole um, especially if he does win it because if he does then all you're going to see on SportsCenter is about Tiger Woods winning
2: uh, I think I think Tiger is great for the sport. Um, it's just the same old cliche. You know, you can sit there and be the worst person in the world, but once you start winning, people stop forgetting and stop caring about your your, your negligent past. So, you know, Tiger is. Tiger just looks like he's out there on that golf course having fun with that, that 70, 71 foot birdie that he had today. That little smile and uh, be like, yeah, I think I. I think I'm getting back to where he might have been when he won that last tournament, where he had the messed up knee. Only this time, he's better. I'm not gonna say he's, you know, gonna win another major better, but I can I can see Tiger winning a tournament or two. I can see Tiger finishing in the top top thirty before the end of the season because he he went from three thirty something to. 180 something just in that one tournament alone. If he keeps this up, he'll be top 30 before you know it. And it's what the PGA needs, you know. Uh, they're finally getting the eyeballs back because um, everybody wants to know how he's going to do. And good, bad, or indifferent, he'll always draw a crowd. And unless there is another kid that may come along that possesses that same type of charisma and that same type of flair and, you know, can start winning tournaments at a, at a very early age in their career, I don't think there will be another golfer quite like uh, Tiger come along for for a while. And so I guess uh, PGA and folks are going to sit there and
1: milk this for as long as they can.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you uh, to a certain degree, Al, as far as there I think there are some fans that are probably like, kind of over and done with, you know, Tiger with, you know, with all this stuff. But, I mean, just watching the tournament and seeing all the crowds and the people cheer for him, especially when he was, like, in contention in the hunt, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, I mean, you can definitely tell that the people are are, are waiting for him to, uh, you know, get back to prominence. And, um, you know, I think that on the PGA, you know, obviously the viewership has always slipped in the weekends because there hasn't been anyone that's been – that kind of draw or let me rephrase it. I mean, to draw. There hasn't been a player that's been consistently good for such a long stretch of time, you know, as Tiger was. I mean, like you said, good, bad or indifferent. I mean, whether you liked him or hate him, a lot of people hated him. His attitude. But when the guy was on, you know, when he was at his prime, he was money and he was money for years, not just for a, a, a year or two. I mean, multiple years. So, um, I think that, um, I think it's good for the sport. I think that, um, you know, a lot of the kids that are growing up now or a lot of people that haven't seen Tiger with all the big crowds and the people following him, seeing that energy on the course, I think they're getting an opportunity to see it. Even on Sunday, I mean, you know, he's like, you know, you know, in, in tie for second, even ties for first. And then you can see, as usual, all these other players that start just caroling and kind of like slipping back and making, you know, bogeys and double bogeys. It was like, the old days where if he's like, you know, number one on Sunday or in first place, everyone just kinda just falls off to the wayside. He just pretty much marches to the end. I, I don't think he has that mystique of if I'm in first place on Sunday, is who's playing for second, I mean, but that mystique a little bit is still there. So I think that the more he plays better at these tournaments. And I agree, I don't think he's gonna win I'm not gonna say he's never gonna win at the major, but I don't think he's he's gonna win a major this year. But I think he'll Definitely contend a lot better than he has been in the past. I mean, his game has definitely gotten a lot better. I mean, um but like I said, the PGA, you know, they they dealt with life after Tiger, and trust me, they don't like it. <laughs> mm. I mean, you. I mean, the one person they were trying to, uh I mean, they were trying to get Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth to kind of be like that next it person, and they just. They just don't have it like I mean, right now, I mean, the PGA wants that viewership back. They want that TV money back. The TV wants the, the viewership back because they can charge more for sponsors for the weekend. So, I mean, everybody makes money when Tiger Woods is playing well and in contention on Sunday. So everybody wants them back. So they're just hoping that he can be competitive on the weekends because that just brings people to watch TV. That brings more money in. And, you know, it's good for everybody. But – you know, they're going to have to eventually deal with life after Tiger. And if there's been any indication, it's going to be like it was before him. A lot of good players, but not that one dominant person that can carry, that can carry the whole entire, you know, the whole entire tour. I agree. I agree. Uh,
2: they, they, they thought they found some jokes, some guys they thought, uh, With Spieth, they thought McElroy. Um, They they show glimpses, but there's no consistency, you know. So there's no every era always had some sort of consistent type player. In this particular era, now that Tiger's in his 40s, there's no player in their 20s that's showing that consistency to carry the legacy of that one player that they can say is that man. There's a group of young players that play well, but there's no one player that they can say, you know, one golfer, I should say. That is, uh that's who we want to pin our hopes for. <laughs> so, Tiger, I say go get them, sir. Because they're great.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And well, guys, we're on that time. Where it's our, our time to say goodnight to all of our uh, listening friends. So, um, an update uh, from the attorney: Houston beat, you know, San Diego State, and uh, looks like uh Arizona's having a little go with Buffalo, and Virginia Tech is up on Alabama, 43 to 38, in, first, in the near the end of the first quarter. And Kentucky, of course, took care of business with Davidson. So, if anybody had those picks as far as Kentucky and Houston on your brackets, um, as I did, you're looking good. I did too. I did. That, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, <Funny>. Otherwise, <laughs> you're not looking so good. <laughs> so, right at the end of our call, the tally is Al's at 110, Ace is at 100, and I'm at 90.
2: No, oh, what did you get wrong? Uh,
0: I got a. Well, who, who messed me up was uh, is, uh, SF Austin. <laughs> yeah, the mind the,
2: you
1: got know, to keep that. No, pants. no, Earl did say that. He did say that. He did. He, you know, he just picked, but he wasn't putting too much emphasis on the on the bracket. So nah, I, I agree,
2: agree, but man, it's Stephen F. Austin. Come on now, no, no disrespect to Stephen F. Austin fans out there. I'm just kidding
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. I went. Uh, <laughs> I went for somebody that thought at least on. On, on, on in the Midwest, so where I thought might pull a couple of ups, as everybody else, I kind of went pretty, pretty safe. But you know, you got to try one; you never know. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. So let everybody know where they can find you at.
1: Well, you can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls again. Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. You
2: can find me on Twitter, Cat uh, Daddy One Nine Six Three. CatDaddy1963.
0: You can find me on the gram and Twitter at J E R O S S seven at. And as always, we're gonna say love, peace, and soul.
2: Shout out to Water. It's a cool, refreshing drink.
0: <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I night, night. Have a good
2: one. <laughs> night night. <laughs> <laughs>